This is The Guardian. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Normally being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Welcome to The Guardian Long Read, showcasing the best long-form journalism covering culture, politics and new thinking. For the text version of this and all our long reads, go to theguardian.com forward slash long read. An Ocean of Noise How Sonic Pollution is Hurting Marine Life By David George Haskell We were whaling with cameras, joining a flotilla of a dozen other tourist boats from harbors all around the Salish Sea. It was one of my first trips to the area in August 2001. The fuzz and beep of ship radios stitched a net over the water, a blurry facsimile of the sonic connections of the whales themselves. Every skipper heard the voices of the others, relayed by electromagnetic waves. The quarry could not escape. Whales guaranteed shouted the billboards on shore. We motored on, weaving around island headlands. A sighting off the southwest shore of San Juan Island. Through binoculars, a dorsal fin scythed the water, then dipped. Another, with a spray of mist as the animal exhaled. Then, no sign. But the whale's location was easy to spot. A dozen boats clustered, most slowly motoring west, away from the shore. We powered closer, slowing the engine until we were traveling without raising a wake, and took our place on the outer edge of the gaggle of yachts and cruisers. A sheet of marble skated just under the water's surface, oily smooth. A spill of black ink sheeting under the hazed bottle glass of the water's surface. Prof! Surfacing 15 meters ahead of the boat, the exhalation was plosive and rough. The pod of about 10 animals came to the surface. Part of the L pod of orcas, our captain said, one of three pods that form the southern residence in the waters of the Salish Sea between Seattle and Vancouver, often seen hunting salmon around the San Juan Islands. Others, transients that ply coastal waters and offshores that feed mostly in the Pacific, also visit regularly. 
the L-Pod continued west, heading toward the Harrow Strait. Our engines purred as the U-shaped arc of boats tracked the pod, leaving open water ahead of the whales. We dropped a hydrophone over the boat's gunwale, its cord feeding a small speaker in a plastic casing. Whale sounds. And engine noise. Lots of engine noise. Clicks like taps on a metal can came in squalls. These sounds are the whale's echolocating search beams. The whales use the echoes not only to see through the murky water, but to understand how soft, taut, fast, or tremulous matter is around them. Mixed with the staccato of the whale's clicks were whistles and high squeaks, sounds that undulate, dart, inflect up and spiral down. These whistles are the sounds of whale conviviality, given most often when the animals are socializing at close range. When the pod is more widely spaced during searches for food, the whales whistle less and communicate with bursts of shorter sound pulses. These sonic bonds not only connect the members of each pod, but distinguish the pod from others. Today, ocean waters are a tumult of engine noise, sonar, and seismic blasts. Sediments from human activities on land cloud the water. Industrial chemicals befuddle the sense of smell of aquatic animals. We are severing the sensory links that gave the world its animal diversity. Whales cannot hear the echolocating pulses that locate their prey. Breeding fish cannot find one another amid the noise and turbidity, and the social connections among crustaceans are weakened as their chemical messages and sonic thrums are lost in a haze of human pollution. Here off the coast of San Juan Island, the whales' voices were like fine silk stitched into a thick denim of propeller and motor sound. Clicks and whistles, sometimes audible, but often disappearing into the tight weave of engines. The dozen boats gave off throbs, whirs, and shudders as they tracked the whales, combustion engines swaddling the whales in an inescapable, constricting wrap. In the distance, I could see a container ship and an oil tanker headed north through the Harrow Strait, likely bound for Vancouver, the largest port in the region. Two of the more than 7,000 large vessels that, combined, make more than 12,000 transits through the strait every year. These range from bulk carriers to container ships to tankers, many of which are 200 or 300 meters long. Large vessels also ply the waters west of the Harrow Strait, headed to ports and refineries in and around Seattle and Tacoma. Each one of these vessels makes sound audible underwater from tens, sometimes hundreds of miles. Unlike small pleasure boats that are usually moored at sundown, these large vessels make noise all night and day and are often most active and loudest at night. The largest container ships blast at about 190 underwater decibels, or more, 
the equivalent on land of a thunderclap or the takeoff of a jet. The southern resident whale community whose life centers on these waters cannot bear the noise. Their population is in decline, likely headed to extinction unless the world gets more hospitable. In the 1990s, the community numbered in the 90s. Now they've dropped to the low 70s, losing one or two more animals every year without raising new calves. In 2005, they were listed under the U.S. Endangered Species Act. No single factor is responsible, but the interaction of shipping sounds, dwindling food supply, and chemical pollution is, for now, closing the door on their future. These whales are the falcons of the ocean, rocketing down 100 meters or more in pursuit of their nimble and speedy prey, the Chinook salmon. Sound frequencies of boat noise overlap with the clicks that the animals use to echolocate and find their prey. Noise raises a fog, blinding the hunters. If a whale is within 200 meters of a container ship, or 100 meters of a smaller boat with an outboard engine, its echolocation range is reduced by 95%. In air, we hear only a low groan from passing vessels. The sound is mostly transmitted down, below the waves, and the aerial portion is quickly dissipated. Under the surface, the sonic violence of powered boats travels fast and far through the pulse and heave of water molecules. These movements flow directly into aquatic living beings. Sound in air mostly bounces off terrestrial animals, reflected back by the uncooperative border of air to skin. Our middle ear bones and eardrum are specifically designed to overcome this barrier, gathering aerial sound and delivering it to the aquatic medium of the inner ear. Sound, for us, is focused mostly on a few organs in our heads. But aquatic animals are immersed in sound. Sound flows almost unimpeded from watery surrounds to watery innards. Hearing is a full-body experience. For most whales, and for many fish and invertebrate animals, eyes are only occasionally useful. In the abyssal depths, the animals swim in ink. Along coasts, the water is so turbid that animals see, at most, a body length ahead. Sound reveals the shapes, energies, boundaries, and other inhabitants of the sea. Sound is also a communicative bond. In the ocean, as is true in the rainforest where dense foliage occludes vision, sound connects you to unseen mates, kin, and rivals and it alerts you to nearby prey and predators. If salmon were abundant, all this noise might not be a problem. But the Chinook salmon that compose most of the whale's diet here are in crisis. Dams, urbanization, agriculture, and logging have cut off or degraded most of the freshwater rivers and streams in which the fish spawn and live out their first months. Chinook salmon numbers in this region have declined by 60% since the 1980s, 
and possibly more than 90% since the early 20th century. Under current conditions, models forecast at best a fragile southern resident population. Any additional stress will send them to extinction. Since 2017, the Port of Vancouver has enacted a voluntary slowdown of shipping traffic headed through the Harrow Strait. For 30 nautical miles, large vessels slow, adding about 20 minutes to the ship's voyages. Ship noise increases with speed, and so dialing back the throttle lessens the cacophony in a place where the southern resident whales often feed. More than 80% of vessels have complied with the project. Yet traffic increases yearly in the region, more than eliminating the quiet gain by shaving some noise from each passing ship. In 2018, crude oil exports from Vancouver increased dramatically, mostly destined for China and South Korea. In 2019, the Canadian government approved an expansion that would nearly triple the capacity of the pipeline that supplies much of the oil from the tar sands region of Alberta. Vancouver's port is seeking approval for a vast new container terminal. In 2021, the nonprofit Friends of the San Juans cataloged more than 20 other proposals to build new or expanded shipping terminals for containers, oil, liquefied gas, grain, potash, cruise ships, coal, and car carriers in the region. If approved, these would increase traffic by more than 25%. 700 kilometers north of Vancouver, the fjords that lead to the port of Kitimat are home to several species of whales living in relatively unpolluted and quiet waters. Under construction there is a liquefied natural gas terminal that is slated to add 700 new large vessel transits, a more than 13-fold increase, not counting the powerful tugs that would accompany the tankers as they navigate rocky fjords. The U.S. Navy also plans expanded exercises in the region, including the use of explosives and loud sonar. By its own estimates, across the Pacific Northwest coast, Navy acoustic and explosive exercises, including those in the waters favored by the Southern residents, will kill or injure nearly 3,000 marine mammals and disrupt the feeding, breeding, movements, and nursing of 1.75 million more. Thank you for listening to The Guardian Long Read. We'll be back after this. This is The Guardian. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The audio long read is supported by BetterHelp. 
Here's a question. If you had an extra hour in your day, what would you do with it? Watch TV? Read a book? Meet up with a friend? Maybe a little nap? A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. But for what? Perhaps to best answer that, you need to work out what's truly important to you, then make that a priority. Therapy can help you work out what's most important to you. It isn't just for those who've unfortunately experienced trauma in their lives. Therapy can be helpful for learning positive coping skills and for setting boundaries. It can empower you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash audiolongread today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash audiolongread. Hello, have you listened to The Guardian's weekend podcast yet? Every Saturday, we pick some of the best features from The Guardian and Observer so you can catch up on the reads you've missed without having to stop what you're doing. Listen to celebrity interviews, lifestyle features and opinions from our most popular columnists, including Marina Hyde and John Crace. Just search for Weekend on Apple, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This is The Guardian. Welcome back to The Guardian Long Read. The whales in and around the San Juan Islands and the Harrow Strait live in a constriction point for much of the trade that passes between Asia and North America, supplemented with some shipping from the Middle East and Europe. The vast majority of the consumer goods and bulk commodities that move between the continents do so on ships. I look around at my material possessions. Whales, either in the Harrow Strait or perhaps off the coast of Los Angeles, heard the arrival of every item made in a country on the Pacific Rim. Laptop, silverware, watering can, furniture, and car. Whales living along the Atlantic coast were immersed in the sounds of deliveries from Europe and North Africa. Office chairs, books, wine, and olive oil. Having lived most of my life inland, many hours drive from the sea, I have seldom seen or heard whales. But the whales hear me. They are immersed in the sounds of my purchases from over the horizon every day of their lives. The converging shipping lanes around major seaports are focal points for a noise problem that extends across the oceans. In the 1950s, about 30,000 merchant vessels plied the world's oceans. Now, about 100,000 do, many of them with much larger engines. Tonnage of cargo has increased tenfold. Ambient noise on the Pacific coast of North America 
has increased by about 10 decibels since the 1960s, when the measurements started. By some estimates, noise levels in the world's oceans have doubled every decade since the mid-20th century. The noise is worse around the major shipping lanes that connect major ports across the northern Pacific and Atlantic, for example, but because sound propagates readily in water, the rumble reaches for hundreds of kilometers. When a large ocean-bound ship crosses the continental shelf, its sound shoots to the deep ocean floor several miles down, then bounces up off the sediment and into the deep sound channel. This channel carries the noise thousands of miles. Across much of the world, it is now impossible to measure the background levels of ocean sound without engine traffic. Near to shore, small boat traffic adds another, higher-pitched layer of sound, as I discovered on the deck of the whale-watching boat. The number of recreational boats in the U.S. has increased by 1% a year for the past three decades. In coastal Australia, the annual rate of increase in the number of small boats has recently reached up to 3%. The sound from these smaller vessels does not travel as far, but for many animals living in coastal waters, it is the dominant sound source. At close range, sonar, sounds emitted from shipboard devices to detect the seafloor, schools of fish, and enemy submarines, can add to these higher-pitched noises. Into this global mire of noise comes the loudest human noise of all, the percussive beat of our industrialized search for energy. Prospectors blast sound into the ocean, seeking oil and gas buried under ocean sediments. Ships drag arrays of air guns that shoot bubbles of pressurized air into the water. A replacement for the dynamite that was formerly tossed overboard for the same purpose. As the bubbles expand and collapse, they punch sound waves into the water. These waves spread in all directions. Those that go down penetrate the seafloor, then bounce back when they hit reflective surfaces. By measuring these reflections from the ship, geologists can build a 3D image of the varied layers of mud, sand, rock, and oil tens or even hundreds of miles under the seabed. Like a whale guided by the reflective ping of a Chinook salmon, oil and gas companies use sound to find their quarry. But unlike the click of a whale, these seismic surveys can be heard up to 2,500 miles away. The blast of an air gun emerges from a meter-long, missile-shaped canister towed behind the survey ship. The sound can be as loud as 260 underwater decibels, six to seven orders of magnitude more intense than the loudest ship. The guns are typically deployed in arrays of up to four dozen. These batteries go off about once every 10 to 20 seconds. The ship tracks methodically back and forth through the ocean, like a lawnmower, in surveys that can run continuously for months, covering tens of thousands of square miles. In some years in the North Atlantic, dozens of surveys run at once, and a single hydrophone can pick up the relentless sound of seismic surveys off the coasts of Brazil, the US, Canada, Northern Europe, and the west coast of Africa. 
Stand on an ocean shore, and you will not hear the sound of seismic surveys. Take a ship into deep water, and even there, water's reflective boundary and our air-adapted ears shield us. Analogy fails, too. A pile driver in your house, running without stop for months? That gives an approximation of the loudness and relentlessness, but we can walk away from the house, and even when we stand next to the machine, the assault mostly affects only our ears. For aquatic creatures, sound is sight, touch, proprioception, and hearing. They cannot leave the water. Few can swim the hundreds of miles necessary to escape. The pile driver is coupled, minute by minute, to every nerve ending and cell, suffusing them with the violence of explosions. Ocean creatures, especially near to shore or along busy trade routes, now live in a den previously unknown except near underwater volcanoes or during an earthquake. Wind-stirred waves, breaking ice, earthquakes, the motion of bubbles and water columns, and the sounds of whales and snapping shrimp are the sounds to which marine life is adapted. But the blast of air guns, the needling and stab of sonar, and the throb of engines are new and, in most places, far louder than just a few decades ago. The noise in the ocean today is infernal, but unlike chemical pollution that lingers sometimes for centuries or plastics that will persist for millennia, sound pollution can be shut off in an instant. Silence from humans is unlikely, since the energy and materials that supply our bodies and economies move largely by ship. Most of our oil, gas, and food travels among continents by sea. There is little chance, therefore, that the noise will cease entirely. But quieter oceans are within reach. It is possible to build almost silent ships. Navies have been doing so for decades. Fisheries researchers seeking to measure fish abundance and behaviors do so from vessels with engines, gears, and propellers engineered to reduce noise and thus not alarm fish. The hush from these ships comes at the cost of efficiency and speed. Yet even for large commercial vessels, noise can be greatly reduced through careful design. Regular propeller repair and polishing reduce the formation of cavitation bubbles that are the main source of noise. Slowing the vessel, even by 10% or 20%, also cuts noise, sometimes by up to half. Many of these changes save fuel, giving a direct benefit to the ship operators, although not always enough to offset the costs of expensive re-engineering. More than half of the noise in the oceans comes from a minority, between one-tenth and one-sixth of the vessels, often older and less efficient craft. Quieting this clamorous minority could significantly reduce noise. But volume of traffic needs to be reduced. 
Quieter ships might lead to more ship collisions if whales cannot hear approaching danger. For millions of years, whales have safely traveled and rested at the water's surface. Now, blows from holes and slashes from propellers are significant risks for whales in ocean shipping lanes and around busy ports. The most harmful effects of sonar can also be reduced, at least for large marine mammals, by locating Navy exercises away from known feeding and calving grounds, tracking whales and shutting down war games when they are close, gradually ramping up sound levels so that animals have time to escape, and reducing long-term exposure by not repeatedly subjecting the same animals to high-amplitude sonar. As with shipping noise, reducing the overall number of ships conducting exercises would have the most significant effect. Even seismic surveys can be hushed. Machines that send low-frequency vibrations down into the water column yield excellent maps of buried geology while making less noise than air guns. This vibrosized technology is regularly used on land, but is yet to be widely adopted in the ocean. Marine vibrosize produces sounds that overlap with animal senses and communicative signals, but does so over smaller areas and in a narrower frequency range. For now, these changes are mostly experimental, hypothetical, or enacted in small corners of the oceans. Regulation of marine noise happens piecemeal by country, with no binding international standards or goals. The noise in the oceans continues to worsen. A 2016 estimate of global shipping noise projected a near doubling by 2030. A review in 2013 found that expenditures on seismic surveys were increasing at nearly 20% a year, more than $10 billion annually, capping two decades of rapid growth. The COVID-19 pandemic briefly slowed this rise, but demand for more surveys will probably surge as oil prices rise. The U.S. military plans to start broadcasting continuous noise into all ocean basins to guide underwater vehicles. We possess the technology and economic mechanisms needed to reduce our noise. But we lack sensory and imaginative connection to the problem, and thus the will to act. Today, a single whale can sometimes be heard from across an entire ocean basin. Imagine millions of these animals giving voice. When some of the whales alive today were young, every water molecule in the oceans continually thrummed with the sound of whales. Vociferous fish formerly sang by the billions on their breeding grounds and added their songs to the whales' calls. The ocean world pulsed, shimmered, and seethed with song. These sounds connected animals into fruitful and creative networks. Given a chance, this could return. For more Guardian Long Reads in text and a selection in audio, go to theguardian.com forward slash long read 
or find us on SoundCloud at SoundCloud forward slash The Guardian Long Read. Thanks again for listening to The Guardian Long Read. That was An Ocean of Noise, How Sonic Pollution is Hurting Marine Life by David George Haskell. Read by Christopher Ragland and produced by Jessica Beck. This is The Guardian. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.